Well, is anyone excited to go on a little adventure today? I'm so glad that you are joining us here online as we kick off this new series entitled Explore. And there's so many different things to explore and discover in our world, but one of the first things when I think about explore, when I think about exploration, is the depths of the ocean. The depths of the creepy ocean, that is. You know, when I think about the ocean, like, I just want to be frank, like, I'm okay to go hang out at the beach, and I'll I'll get in the water, but if it's going over my shoulders, if I can't touch, I'm scared to death because all I'm thinking about and hearing is the soundtrack coming through my ears of this right here. Okay, right. I mean, I want. I mean, I. I mean, that's why I'm thankful to be a Michigander. I'll take the Great Lakes. I'll take the cold any day over Jaws. Okay, I would rather take the cold over Jaws any day. I remember I was on my honeymoon with Jim. We were in St. Lucia, and we were snorkeling. And I was trying to keep my cool. You know, it's like people do that. So I got. I'm out there snorkeling, and I'm trying to keep up with Jen. Trying to to to, to keep up with the instructor and. Uh, we were out there just, you know, it's beautiful, the mysteries of the ocean. That's not me, by the way, but I'm out there, you know, just exploring. And even though I was scared to death, I still, there was this curiosity in me that wanted to keep going deeper, that wanted more to keep, because I was seeing things that I've never seen before. I was exploring things that I've never experienced before, and I just wanted, and it was the pressure, you know, of being down there for too long, which would take me back up to the surface, or I needed more air, uh, but I just kind of wanted to keep diving in more and more and more, even though I was scared of being in the ocean. Uh, when it comes to being in the ocean in divers that are just free divers that don't have any breathing apparatuses, a normal diver says, you know, it's about 20 feet that a normal diver can dive in the ocean or in, in water. Now, if you're trained, they say anywhere from like 40 to 60 feet is, is, is kind of what trained free divers do. But I wanted to share with you, I looked this up, the, 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 the person that holds the world record for a no-limits free dive, there's many different types of diving out there, but a no-limits free dive using weights to help them sink down, but no breathing apparatus is attached to them, is this guy right here, Herbert Nitsch, okay? This guy holds the record at 702 feet holding his breath for just under nine minutes. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's unbelievable. 702 feet, he dives down in there without any assistance, without any breathing apparatus help. 702 feet. The average person can hold their breath for maybe like one or two minutes. I mean, that's it, one or two minutes. And I know probably for the rest of the talk now, I'm going to lose you because you're going to be seeing how long you can hold your breath. So just... Don't pass out on me, okay? Don't pass out on me. Now, for these divers to do what they're doing, they just can't do that. You can't just go to the depths. Like, if I tried to do that or you tried to do that, we'd die, okay? It takes specific training. It takes specific assistance. It takes uh, tools. It, It takes mental, physical training to do that type of diving. Now, I bring that up to Because when we talk about the depths of the ocean, we talk about diving into the depths of the ocean, it's very similar when it comes to us diving in and exploring more of our faith. Because, come on, right? if if, if we're honest, whether we're a Jesus follower or not a Jesus follower or not, all of us, right, we have this thing inside of us, if we can get there mentally, of, you know, what is life all about? What's the purpose? 
You know, is there a God? How was he created? Why did he create us? What's after this? And what the unknown and all the different mysteries of God makes us want to explore more and, and want to have more depth. And then just like a diver, a trained diver, if you want to have more depth, you need assistance. You need training. You need some tools. You need physical, spiritual, and mental focus to stay in the depths. And so here's the goal. Here's the goal today. My goal today, our goal today, is for us to dive in, is for us to get deeper, is for us to figure out what it looks like for us to get deeper in our faith, to explore more, and what potentially keeps us from going deep. What keeps us in the shallow end? What keeps us all in the kiddie pool when we're supposed to be diving deeper? But before we dive in, pun intended, let me pray for you. And pray for me. Father, just I ask right now, you've drawn us together uh, right now online, and I just ask that you would just help us not to miss what you'd have for us. Help us to be alert. Help us to clear the distractions as we look at what it means to have more depth, to, to explore more of you in our lives. And so, Father, control my mind, control my speech as I communicate. I pray this in the power of your Son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, as we set the stage today, one of the things I just want to clear up is the word deeper. The word deeper. When we first started Miles City Church, I've always stayed away from the word deeper. And the reason is, is because many of us have a different definition of what deeper means. And so I want to get us all on the same page. So before we talk about uh, what deeper is, let's talk about what going deeper is not. Okay? Here, here's what I want us to understand is getting deeper is more than just getting intellectual. Getting deeper is more than just getting intellectual. Now, hear me clearly. Going deeper has to do with knowledge as well. There is intellect involved. It is important to pick up the scriptures and know more and more and more. But if it just stops there, if it's just all about the intellect, that's a problem. That really doesn't show depth in someone's life if all they have is knowledge. First Corinthians, uh, in First uh, Corinthians 8, it says the idea of how knowledge puffs up. It be, just be, can become prideful. And so we have to be very careful that we don't get confused that knowledge is all what it means to be deeper. If you're going to have intellect, intellectual, if you're going to get more intellectual, it must always equate to getting more spiritual. Let me say that again. If you're going to get more intellectual, it must equate getting more spiritual, meaning that you're going to be falling in love more with God. Getting more intellectual should also equate getting more relational, that you are loving people more than you've ever loved people before. Getting more intellectual should also equate to being more emotional, meaning you're understanding yourself, your strength and your weaknesses and have an awareness of your emotions. Uh, getting more intellectual should also equate to getting more applicable, meaning putting the things that we've learned into action. I mean, if it's all about the knowledge, if it's all about the intellect, that's not going to equate the depth. I mean, I went to Bible school. I've got a master's degree in biblical studies. I've got it hanging on a wall. But if that's all I've got hanging on the wall and there's no other fruit, well, that doesn't really show depth. So what does it mean to have more spiritual depth? What does it mean for our faith to have more depth? And here it is. It's this, it's getting deeper is looking more like Jesus. And I know maybe some of you are thinking, well, that's simple. 
It is. The statement is simple, but it's actually very difficult to do. Getting deeper is actually looking more like Jesus. Getting deeper is simply looking more like Jesus. When Jesus ascended into heaven, before he left this earth, he looked at his disciples and he says, go therefore and make, not Bible scholars, go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of that teacher, is a follower of that individual that mimics and imitates them and the way that they lived. And so getting to be a disciple of Christ is getting deeper, having more depth in your faith is getting deeper, is looking more like Jesus. And so how do we look more like Jesus? We have to lay a foundation. And here at Miles City, we believe that this is a great foundation for us to look more like Jesus. We strive to have more development. We strive to have more discipline, and we strive to have more devotion in our lives. If we lay that foundation, that groundwork in our lives, then we will have more depth in our faith. So let's look at these three things, development, discipline, and devotion. Let's start with the idea of development. To to look more like Jesus, we're going to have to strive to have more development in our lives. But it's really easy for us not to do this. It's really easy for us to stay shallow and not have depth in development. What's development? What do we mean by development? Development is the idea of surrounding ourselves with other people, just surrounding ourselves, allowing people in to invest in us and coach us. I mean, think about it. The greatest athletes in the world, world. I mean, they didn't get there on their own. They had great coaches and family members or, you know, peers in their lives that helped them with their games so that they are as good as they are. I mean, you think about a doctor. You don't want your doctor, your surgeon coming out of the classroom right into your operating room, right? You want them going through a residency and apprenticeship before they're going to actually work on you. It's the same concept. The, the Proverbs says this famous verse of, as iron sharpens iron, so shall a friend sharpen a friend. We need each other. We need to surround ourselves with people. However, what keeps us in the shallow end when it comes to our development is maybe fear. We don't want to, we were afraid to let people in. Maybe it's past hurt or it's just pride. We just don't want to let people in. And so we close people off. And if you want more depth, you got to have more development. you got to surround yourself with the community of the church. Hebrews 10.25 says this, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And think about when he wrote that now, and think about it today. It's drawing near even more. But it's so easy for us to neglect the gathering of this, of the church, of what you're doing right now. And maybe for some of you as you're watching, you know, maybe you haven't tuned in in a while. And if you're honest, it's like you're feeling like, yeah, I've kind of been neglecting this. And maybe you're feeling a little, you know, guilty about that. And listen, like, don't, don't, don't feel guilty, but use that feeling to say, yes, I need to engage. Don't give up. And I know, I get it. It's a weird time, the pandemic, all this stuff. Online church can be weird. Virtual city groups can be weird. But it's worth it. It's so important. If we stop development, if we stop surrounding our people, if we think, well, we don't need to learn from anyone else, you're not going to have depth. Your depth is going to hit a ceiling. It's not, you're going to rise back up to the surface. And so it's so important to not neglect it, to not give up on it. You want to you have more depth? You want to go deeper? Then fight for community. Fight to be a part of the local church. Show up. Get engaged, serve, get into your city group, get into a coaching group. 
I'm so excited at the end of this service, so tune in, don't, 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 don't check out. We're going to be talking about uh, our coaching groups. At Miles City, we've always talked about coaching, but we're getting more specific in what that looks like for us. Coaching groups of two to four, gender-specific, meeting regularly twice a month to, to challenge one another in their walks. And it's the idea of who's investing in you and who are you investing in? Are you allowing someone to help invest in you and, to, and, pour, and pour themselves into you and vice versa? And so you're going to be challenged today to, to hey, do I, I need to be coached. I need to get into one of these coaching groups. Or maybe you're someone that needs to coach. And maybe when I say that, you're looking behind the couch. He's not, definitely not talking to me. You might feel like, uh, not qualified or inadequate or intimidated by that question. I remember a couple years ago, uh, my son's baseball coach came to me and said, hey, Travis, I want you to be uh, the assistant coach for the team. Would you be willing to be one of the assistant coaches? And I was like, same thing. You're asking me? I don't know nothing about baseball. I mean, I, I'm unworthy to do that. I'm inadequate. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, and he pushed me. He says, no, 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 you can do this. I'll show you, you can do this. And did I show up like as the best coach in the world and know everything? No, but I learned. And I talk about getting more depth in baseball knowledge. It ramped it up for me. It accelerated my growth. It helped me get deeper to understand the game. And, and it was a great experience for me. And I'm so glad I did it to be able to help these boys in their game and to encourage them. It's something that I'm so thankful that I took the risk and made that leap of faith to be a coach. And for some of you right now that might think, well, I just feel inadequate or I'm not worthy or I don't know enough. Actually, if you're feeling those feelings, you're actually the right candidate to be a coach. Why? That's a signal that you should be a coach because no one wants a coach that thinks they know it all. No one wants the, the, the coach that has all the answers. People want a coach that's real and authentic and is just striving for more depth in their life. So you want to have more depth? You want to have more depth? Don't neglect the gathering. Engage. Lean into the local church, the gift that God has given us. Not only do we need more development to look more like Jesus, to have more depth in our, in, in our, in our faith, but we need to have more discipline. The idea of having more discipline in our lives. Now, really want to talk about this because there's a difference between legalism and discipline. For so long, our, our culture has kind of pushed away from legalism. Like, I don't want to be legalistic. But the problem is, is we push so far from legalism that we've abandoned the idea of having healthy disciplines in our lives. Legalism is committing to something you feel forced to do. Discipline is committing to do something you feel drawn to do. Remember, legalism is committing to do something you feel forced to do. You should do this. You better do this. Discipline is committing to something you feel drawn to, that the spirit of the living God is moving you towards and pushing you towards. So important to know the difference. But a lot of times we don't have depth in our discipline, and we stay shallow. We stay in the kiddie pool because of, of, of lack of self-control, because of our unholiness, our ungodliness, the idea of us going our way instead of God's way. And it makes sense. This isn't easy. 
This is difficult to look more like Jesus. Why? Because we have the pressure of the course and the current of the world, and we're literally going in a different direction. Ephesians 2.2 says this. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. I remember uh, years ago when my son Tristan was three, we were in the airport, and uh, he was infatuated with the people mover. He just wanted to ride the people mover over and over and over again. And as we were waiting for the flight, we just kept riding it and riding it. And so we're going down the people mover, and I get off the people mover, and he was right behind me. And then I turn around, and I realize he's darting the other way on the people mover, moving into people. People are moving around and moving their suitcases. And I started to start heading in that direction against the current of the people mover as well. And then I realized, oh, wait a second. I don't need to fight for that. And I stepped back and I just waited. And sure enough, with his little mischievous three-year-old face, started coming right back in the direction of the people mover. Why? Because that people mover, that current, he couldn't stand against all the people heading in that direction. And it's the same way. We have this pressure of going uphill, upstream, against the course and the current of the world. When you think about the divers being you know, way down deep in the ocean, it's like that pressure that's keeping you there. And the enemy wants us to just get out of the depth and just bring us back to the surface and just chill up on the surface, just kind of surfs up and just let our lives just be with the world and just kind of exist our lives away. It's an interesting thing. Like he, he can distract us sometimes, not even by all these crazy things. He can literally distract you and me by just existing our lives away. Are you allowing the enemy to just exist your life away? If you want more depth, you have to strive to have more discipline in going God's way instead of the world's way. So not only... To look more like Jesus, do we need to strive to have more development surrounding people around us and having more discipline? But we also need to strive to have more devotion in our lives. The idea of striving to have more devotion. And a lot of times we don't have depth in our devotion, well, because it's just flat-out apathy. Flat-out laziness. Not putting the effort in. Expecting someone else to do it for us or us to just automatically be in the depths and having depth without putting any work or effort in. And then over time, what happens is, is that we start blaming and pointing the finger. We start blaming God because it's like, I'm not feeling anything, it's not working, I'm not, like, I'm not feeling the depth, and then we start blaming God, or we're blaming other people, we're blaming the church, it's not deep enough, and we're, going blame, we're pointing the finger, when really, it's because of our lack of devotion. And what we're putting into it is lacking and we're just chilling in the kiddie pool instead of going deep. Well, let's read what it says here from the writer of Hebrews. It's bold, but let's, let's read this together. <clears throat> it says, about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. It continues. It says that, that you need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. It says you need milk, 
not solid food. Does this, um, does this look funny? Does this kind of look ridiculous? I know this looks completely foolish and ridiculous. But I do this because it brings up the point that some of you, you've been just sucking on the bottle for way too long. You, 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 you have no depth because you're just like a newborn baby still, just literally sucking on the bottle. And then, like I said earlier, just pointing and blaming everyone else, and you're wondering, well, why don't I have any depth? But yet you're just on the bottle. And it, it's, it's, it's so important, and, and hear me clearly. I'm mocking the baby bottle. I'm not mocking the milk, because the milk is good. The milk in the analogy taste great. It's a, it's a gift that God gives us, whether you're a believer for one day or thousands of days. But uh, there's a pastor named Francis Chan who used this as an analogy of the baby bottle. But I, I, I want to take it a step further. I want to take it a step further because it, there, there's so much more than just the milk. That's what he's talking about. There's so much more than just the milk. Waiter, Bon appétit. Thank you so much. Um, you want you want a sip of this? No. You sure? No. You, sh- you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. Sure. Um, Thank you. You want um, you want some Mitchell's steak, like perfectly made? You want some of that? Yes. yes okay. So well, maybe a little bit later. Okay. Maybe maybe a little bit later. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy. Thank you. From milk to a Mitchell's perfectly prepared steak. This is what we have the ability and the gift to dive into on our own. And I'm making some of you jealous. I mean, look at this. This is good. This is good. Mm. That's real good. That's real good. Mm. At Mile City, every Sunday, we prepare a meal. We prepare a meal, and we try our best to prepare a balanced meal. And there's going to be some milk, and there's going to be some meat. And we're always going to be a place where we balance the milk and the meat. We're never going to be a church where we're literally cutting in the meat so deep and I'm going to be up here on the screen for 45 minutes parsing Greek and Hebrew. I could do that. I could bring out the Strong's Concordance. I have the abilities to do that. In fact, it'd be a lot easier. It'd probably take me an hour to prepare instead of 10 hours for a normal message. But we're not going to do that because we're not going to alienate everyone else. But we're also not just going to have milk. We're not just going to keep it like self-help, surfy stuff all the time. We want to do our best to have a combo of a great meal. But here's the point that I wanted to make, and I hope I have your attention. The point that I'm trying to make is that if you think that coming here 
online once a week for your spiritual food, if you think that is going to bring you depth and that's the only meal that you eat in a week, you're going to starve. You're going to be weak. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be hangry. You're going to start complaining and again pointing the finger and saying it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. Hear me, everyone, no matter where you're at on your journey, is capable of feeding themselves. You can't expect me or any other pastor or teacher to come and feed you. You want some, or you can feed yourself. You're so capable of it. You want to go deeper? You want to have more depth? It's looking more like Jesus. And to look more like Jesus, you lay the foundation of having more development surrounding people around you and leaning into the local church. It's, it's striving to, to have discipline in your life of going his way. And, and remember, the more that you go his way, the more pressure you're going to feel, the more deeper you get. And, and to hang in there as you face the pressures of the world and to fight, to have more devotion and to feed yourself the milk and the meat. Now, for some of you, as you're watching this, you've never had a sip. You've never partaken, you've never have, have partaken of the meat that God offers you. The psalmist writes in Psalm 34, 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. When you taste, when you get to the point and you taste, you will see oof, that he is nourishing, that he is satisfying, that he brings healing that he brings freedom and victory in your life, not only here on earth, but for your eternity. But before you can taste, you have to be willing to receive what he has done for you, and it's free. What did he do for you? 2,000 years ago, God loved you so much that he didn't want to be separated from you because you and I have been separated from God. Why? Because you have fallen short, I've fallen short, we've all fallen short because of our sin. And it separated us from him. And so he had to make a decision. And he made a decision specifically for you. And he made a specific decision for me. He had to make a decision. Am I going to be eternally separated for Travis Whitaker? Or am I going to die for Travis Whitaker? To pay for his sins so he doesn't have to. And then conquer it and rise from the dead three days later. And the decision he made was to die for me. And the decision he made was to die for you so that you wouldn't be separated from him. And the scriptures say it very clearly that all who call upon the name of the Lord, put their faith and trust in him, will be saved. Have you tasted? Have you received Jesus? You're missing out. You're missing out. 
And so if you wanna receive Jesus and begin to see what he has for you in your life, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. So wherever you're watching, wherever you're at, just, I want you to just close your eyes to get your focus and then just in a real authentic way, I'll give you like a guideline prayer. I just want you to repeat these words to him and mean them from your heart. Just say, Father, here I am. I want more of you. I want to taste and see what you're all about. I want to dive in. And so right now I confess my sins to you. I believe that you died for my sin and you rose again. Thank you, just thank him for that. Right now, I lower my pride and I surrender my life to you. I receive you, Jesus, into my life. Now, as you continue to pray, I want you to know that it's so clear that the scriptures say that you will no longer perish but you will have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Well, listen, if you truly made that decision where you said, yeah, I, I, I'm in, I want to dive into relationship with Jesus, then we really want to encourage you, just like we talked about, don't walk alone, dive into development. And so a way to do that is to connect with us and so that we can celebrate with you and answer the questions that I'm sure you have. And so you can just text the word my faith to the number that you'll see on the screen. Just text the word my faith and we cannot wait to talk to you and celebrate with you uh, this move that you've made in your life.